So welcome back to Brindlewood Bay. We're in the mystery to be or not to be dead. I'm your host slash keeper, uh, C. Meek Smeeker. Uh, Eddie Rue, let's start with you. Hello, I'm Eddie Rue Dubois, uh, played by Chris Dirksen. And something I am suspicious of in this moment in our mystery is uh, just the ever presence of Joan Jones Galois, 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 and what he may stand to gain by the ruination of the theater under its current leadership. Awesome. Doris. I'm Doris Makoviak, played by Shannon Wade. Um, and Dor- I, I'm suspicious. <laughs> Doris is suspicious of Patrice because in uh, right after the, the death happened, Patrice was just sort of like laying on the ground communing with something. And Doris is just kind of suspicious of actors in general, I think. Awesome. Baby. Hi, I'm Baby, played by Corey. And this is going to sound weird. But I'm slightly suspicious of Ginger. And don't, y'all come for me because she's a lovely lady. And we all know she's got the hat for everybody. But is that a ruse? Um, she's also the person in charge of lights. And I feel like she would double, quick, triple, quadruple check and be the one that's like super um, careful to ensure her place. So unless somebody's threatening it or someone that she maybe is involved with is in danger because of him, that could be a thing. So wild card, Gingy, I'm coming for you. I love it. Uh, Ben. I'm Lane Walter, uh, played by Ben Ferber. And Lane is very suspicious that um, Liam or Patrice, who are the uh, middle-aged actors who survived playing Claudius and Gertrude, though maybe not anymore, um, or uh, <laughs> maybe even Jones Galois, former director, um, are going to report her to Actors' Equity for agreeing to be in this production. <laughs> Amazing. Just totally <laughs> self-interested concern. Yes. <laughs> 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 perfectly on brand for the character. Straight, yes, <laughs> consistent. <laughs> Amazing. Um, she still pays her dues. I pay my dues. Yeah, and with an offer on the table, you know, what are you going to do? Um, this game is so fantastic because it allows us to retcon some things. And so I am going to retcon one big thing, which is that because you all saw this murder, uh, bad keeping on my part, I should have given you all conditions for seeing this thing happen up close. <laughs> so um, oh, no. I, I came up with the condition spooked. But if you have one in particular that you would like to impose upon yourself for seeing a light fall upon this actor's head in the middle of his monologue, um, uh, let me know. Uh, but I offer spooked to you. I know, Doris, you're also still flustered by uh, Ginger's advances. Oh, yeah. Can I can I change mine to stage fright? L- yes. <laughs> that is 10 times better than spooked. Yes. <laughs> I Same almost thing, died last name. episode. I gotta have more trauma. Yep. More trauma. You also said a very intricate last uh, trap last episode. So Yeah. Oh, that MacGyver move is so cool. <laughs> the MacGyver oh, move yeah. is rad. It's my favorite. <laughs> All right. Does everybody have a condition set? And can you remind us mechanically, does that do anything or is that more playing into our role playing or both? So um, a condition does make you roll with disadvantage, but you get to decide, like, we can have a conversation about if it if it affects the particular ability you're rolling with. For instance, with flustered, it might not affect every single thing that you do because it's like you're just it might just affect how you interact around ginger. Right. Um, 
which is which is totally fair. But this one might impact how you do anything this game because you are spooked. Um, and like I said, it was bad keeping on my on my part not to not to have inflicted a condition is how they put it. Inflict a condition um, as soon as something bad happens to you. So fantastic. Another light falls from the grid and we all suddenly realize, <laughs> oh, why weren't we, sweet? we scared by the first one? <laughs> exactly. All right. So when last we left our heroes, um, Baby had just discovered a box under the floorboards that had uh, a bunch of programs going back 100 years that were sort of bloody and marked. Uh, this was in the green room slash dressing room, um, which I guess they're offshoots of the green room into dressing rooms. But let's go there because um, I'm pretty sure everybody was there. Lane, I think you were having a conversation with Patrice. Were we actively having one? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. You were like in the corner of the room talking. Okay. She's left. She, you, she, you, she, she had told you about her script being denied or whatnot, and she is not there anymore. So now you're just here. Um, the, the oh, maidens... yeah, I remember that. Sorry. I thought it was still happening. <laughs> I was I was like, oh, God, what was the last thing I said in it? Yeah. No, I don't remember that. We're going to say she left the room. <laughs> it's totally fine. Uh, I love this game because you can just retcon things so easily. It's not a big deal. So, um, baby, you have this box of programs, and you're surrounded by your mavens. Um, Lane has just dismissed Patrice and has turned around to see you staring at them. What do you do? Eddie, do you have a condom or a glove? I need something sterile. Yes. Which would you prefer? I just needed to cover my hand. <laughs> I gave you a glove. <laughs> Good, I have a bag. Um, <laughs> we're going to take this. We're going to hide it. We I want to be clear. It's like a it's like a long leather like leather driving glove. And it goes up to my armpit. Yeah, it goes. It goes fully. It would go. It would go up to my elbow, but it goes. It goes past yours because <laughs> you're like, so small. I'm like pinching it in my arm as I'm doing this. Great. Um, I have a very bad feeling that we shouldn't be seeing these, so we need to hide these. Does anyone have another box that I can put in here? A decoy. Lane, can we just fit it in your bags? Uh, Lane like opens the bag haphazardly and it's like really piled with stuff so you have to shove it down pretty hard well okay maybe they just won't be able to see it in time <clears throat> anyhow speaking of they I would love to go and talk to the police fantastic you know that uh, deputy assistant deputy let's be very clear assistant deputy Bert Halloran is here and he has in his squeaky high voice uh, all of 18 years insisted that everybody stay on premises um, but he is the only one here the sheriff has not yet shown his face it is just squeaky voiced Bert Halloran can I do something before we leave the room and talk to the police yeah we have playbills or like a pamphlet of any kind oh no we had the notepads we were taking notes okay um I would like to take a piece of the notepad paper because it was a loose floorboard and I just want to tuck a piece like that. Ooh, to make sure it can't like be discovered? Well, to see if somebody opens the lid, the paper will fall in. Got because it. My condition is I'm paranoid, so I have to track everything. Fantastic. I like that that's how your condition has developed. Yeah, paranoid. Yep. Fantastic. All right, let's go talk to some hot cops. <laughs> Some hot 18-year-old cops. Yes. You know, I want to feel alive. I've never felt better than I do right now. We've seen end of life. I want to feel new life. Let's go. We are a full 20 years from age gap discourse. 
Let's go, girls. Let's go, girls. Um, bum ba da na na now. Woo. All right. Uh, so as you as you exit the um, green room, you do see like there's plenty of offshoots. So I just want to let you know about some other geographic locations. That some of you might be aware of and some of you might um, might not be. But but there's definitely a downstairs, like meaning like storage underneath the stage, because um, you do see a door that sort of leads downward um, as you sort of wind your way back into the um into the lobby, you also see that there's a place to go up into the balcony slash the grid area where the lights fell. Um, but you are definitely now in the uh, in the lobby with Bert Halloran, who is just staring over uh, over Xavier Dearborn is his name uh, and is just sort of like. You know, has seen what at this point would probably be uh, not, it's, I don't know, Law and Order, was it around in 97? Probably. It's like 30 years old, right? I think yeah. so. So he's seen some like, some really good cop shows and he's like, he's like, tell me, tell me what you saw, Xavier. And Xavier, who is, who is about y'all's age, is just sort of like rubbing his head and he's like, I saw him get hit with a light. <laughs> it's just very, I saw him. It's okay, Birdie. It's okay. He's don't call me Birdie. And that's, you know, what's happening there. Uh, I think I probably would want to go up to Bert and be like, sort of like, start talking to him and say like, Bert, honey, hi, I'm just checking in. Um, how's it going? Is everybody okay? I feel like everybody's sort of like staying calm. Do you need anything? I'm staying calm. Good. Great. Is there anything that we can do to help? No. Awesome. Just stay um, here. We're here. No, we we we're we're staying here. Wait here until I come get you. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna be over here though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wherever. I'm talking to a suspect. Did you know he's never been cast in a show here, but he auditions all the time, and he's a sponsor. It's very suspicious, don't you think? And Xavier's just like robbing his temples. We did know that. <laughs> we yeah yes. That's we very did know that, but that's not suspect. That's charity. He's doing everyone a service by not being cast. I don't know. Sheriff Dalrymple said that we should always invest every single lead. Sure. Yes. Yeah, well, has the sheriff been cast? Has the sheriff ever done a chorus line? I don't know. He's never mentioned. Does he act? I bet he'd be very good at it. He probably would. Clearly some key evidence for this case. Sure. I want to talk to Xavier. (laughs) Like... (laughs) In, like sort of like instead of uh, what's his name? Bert. Bert. Be like Xavier. Talk to me. Are you suspicious of anything at all? Do you think this is purely accidental? I mean, lights fall all the time, but right on his spot. Are you? I'm meddling. Yes. Uh, roll to meddle. Uh, and what what are you using? And are you affected by your condition? Oh, that's a good question. Am I conf- affected by being spooked? Depends, I think, on which on which uh, which thing you're going to roll with. I think this is a reason situation. I don't know that this would be. I don't. I don't know because I feel like presence would be spooked and composure would be spooked. But reason feels like a uh, like a coping mechanism to deal with being spooked in All some right. ways. Yeah. So Works for I, me. I think you know. I'm not trying to juice it, but <laughs> so can I roll? Can yes. I roll for this person? Absolutely. Would this count as undermining a, an authority figure? Potentially. I hope so. Okay. Uh, that'll be an eight. Fantastic. Um, so what what are you asking him? I'm basically trying to get 
actual information out of out of him that like is relevant and and real right like that can be like you know do you have it like to actually try and get some sort of information he's the guy that he's the guy that like donated all the stuff right yeah yeah he's the he's the big sponsor so what do you ask him i think i say okay so like obviously this is a big deal for this to have happened i'm sure they're gonna have to cancel the show um which is terrible and i mean i'm sure like will probably be bad for your business right uh well i mean bad for my my business and you can see like bird is standing there with his hands on his hips just like excuse me i'm in the middle of the conversation and and xavier just says just just a second bird i'll be right back with you and bird just tries hold on like, one second honey just hold on one second bird tries to lower his voice like he's in law and order again he goes excuse me I was in karaoke and is just can't can't manage it, um, but but he just sort of sits there and 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 pouts. Um, yeah, and Xavier just sort of says, "I mean, I I don't think it will really impact my business, but I am worried about Mabel's ability to continue with this place. I mean, it's not. I mean, I don't think it's been doing really really well for a while, uh, and I think like since she has taken over it, um, it's it's gotten it's gotten you know." worse is my feeling yeah. uh, what i what i suggested to her is that we could go with my plan for the theater because i was very close with helen um and i did have a plan you know to take it over uh with with jones you know like it was a it was a oh. thought that we could potentially but you know i mean uh as things go as things go um they can they can go and you know i i don't particularly care one way or the other if i'm never of cast course. in a show like that's fine that's fine but this is this is this right, is sort of what of i'm course. thinking but, but but if if for whatever reason she wasn't in mabel wasn't in charge anymore you know there would be a potential potentially for you know I, I, I mean that that makes it sound conniving and count. I don't mean that. I just mean that the, oh, no, the business no, 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 has no. been I'm just suffering. Saying it could be good for you. I'm, I'm just, a business this... leader in town, and I I run a very profitable business, and and I just think that I could I can make this 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 work. Don't don't you sure? Don't you don't you absolutely? Think? Capitalism is the way to go when it comes to the arts. I don't know. I know a lot of people think I otherwise. Have been say- Eddie Rue, I have been saying that for years. That's we should sure. be running theaters like we run businesses. Absolutely, Simple I as don't that. understand uh, th- this whole thing. This whole Clinton business. He doesn't seem to be like like. Why don't we just get back to Reagan? Why don't? Why don't we? <laughs> I I have never. I mean, Eddie Rue. <laughs> Sorry, that was too far. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't make her. I can't make her Reaganite. I can't do it. <laughs> we need. We need. <laughs> um, it's okay. You're, you're just playing him, and he's into it, so it's fine. <laughs> and he just sort of looks she at you. She hides some Iran Contra files back in her bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like right now. It's 1997. This is like. I think we're 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 peak. First of all, we're peak NYPD Blue, and we're also peak. Uh, we're also peak like Monica Lewinsky. I think, right? Let's gotta be. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> um, well, you have a very smitten admirer now because he's just like Eddie Rue. Um, I haven't seen you come by the store in in quite in quite a while, and I, I didn't know you felt this way. But if if you do, I mean, I mean, it's just wonderful to 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 have such a classy classy woman speak this way, you know. Well, you know, maybe I'll come by. I heard, you know, let me know next time you have any extra chaise lounges in your, you know, collection. 
Fantastic. And I think that we will have to give you the condition um, Republican. <gasps> I'm furious. <laughs> I'm furious if that is true. Yeah, just for I mean, it's it's you can clear conditions by having cozy by using your cozy move. How? How do we do that? Somebody help me. <laughs> Um, somebody so the, quick, somebody, somebody quick, come in and and like and like show me, show me a, a video oh, of Robert Reich. Find you some, um, not some liberal flower pressing. So the cozy move is when you have an intimate moment with another Maven while one of you is engaged in your cozy activity, you may each clear an appropriate act, uh, condition. If it's your cozy activity, you can also stumble on a clue relevant to an active mystery. Tell your keeper what it is. The clue cannot conclusively solve the mystery by itself. But um, even though like we're not technically like you don't have to wait until we do cozy activities in the next thing. Like you can try to figure out how would you do your cozy activity here. And so um, you can think about that, like what and, and you can be very open with what that means. So just know that if you want that condition cleared, <laughs> that's what you'll have to I'm do. I'm so mad. <laughs> you All said right. it. You I said know. It. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at myself. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So as Betty Rue sort of like takes that and tries to swallow vomit outside, uh, outside herself while she has, uh, basically come off as a Republican, uh, to everyone, what are the rest of you doing? Um, and Xavier has been, uh, is here. We still have other people to talk to and we have places to explore. So, so I have a question before I know where to explore boutique, antique, antique, boutique, antiques. That's hard to say. <laughs> what they supplied props and like costume pieces just props and costume pieces right yes so he he provided the the props and costume pieces and um presumably there's some more of that stuff in storage areas and whatnot and he also probably is a fiscal sponsor in some way especially since he's so you know about running things like a business um that is potentially the case okay i want to go into the wings Great. What about the rest of you? What are, what other things are you interested in? We can also split up, by the way. I know that we didn't like splitting up the first time, but in a, in a closed mystery like this, we can bop around if we if people feel so called. I, I want to go up in the like in the catwalk, like where the light fell from. I would like to do the same if we could go together. Yeah. Really quickly. What was the clue that I did? I receive a clue from that meddling. You did. <laughs> You earned it. You Thank earned you. it. Uh, <laughs> so the clue um, was about uh, a plan for the theater under someone else's leadership. And this would be um, Xavier and uh, Jones's leadership. All right. So baby's going to the wings. Um, we have Doris and Lane want to go to the catwalk. I'm going to go with baby. Great. Um, Eddie Rue is going to go with baby. All right. So let's head up to the catwalk first. You sort of um, you make your way up that that way uh, to through the balcony and all the way up top. And you can see in front of you that this is a very like uh, like very unsafe grid, like an actual grids grid, like a uh, it is planks of wood on metal pipes grid. There is no handrails. Um, this is very, if you were in my college, then it was very similar to that one that they just sent, you know, 18 year olds up upon and you crawled upon planks or walked upon them and they called you the grid monkey. And that's what you did. That is the, the grid is laid out. You can see several, um, lights hanging from, uh, from this place. Um, the house lights are currently on and you can see down below that nobody is sitting directly under um, anything anymore <laughs> because they've decided it's not safe to do so, but you 
you do see on like against the walls, you can see Ginger sort of sitting um, by herself. You can also still see Wendy and um, our uh, Joshua Jackson um, frosted tips Numo. Uh, and you can also see Patricia and Liam talking to each other uh, on the opposite side there. So Doris and Lane, what do you want to do in this catwalk? Are there spike marks on the stage where other people might have been or set pieces might have been? Oh, yeah. You can see the stage from here and you can definitely see some spike marks. Okay. I think Doris wants to sort of creep around the grid and kind of inspect the lights that are above those different spike marks, like see if anything else might have been tampered with to fall on anyone. So to be clear, Doris, does that mean that you're going to get into the grid? Yes. (laughs) All right. I think we need to roll a night move for that. A night Uh, move. So well, let's take a look at that. When you do something risky or face something you fear, name what you're afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerve and the keeper will tell you how it's worse than you fear. You can choose to back down or go through with it. If you go through with it, roll with the appropriate ability. So this is a very rickety grid. Yeah, I think I think it's that, that the, even though Doris has, you know, been on ladders working on sets and probably been in the grid before, there's always that nagging fear in the back of your mind that like, what if, what if I fall right now? And I think that that is like not something she can totally push to the back of her mind, but it's kind of like, oh, oh, oh boy, is this worth it? But it is. So she's going to do it. Fantastic. Yeah. So it's going to be worse than that. Um, when you fall, um, it's going to be a fall that you might not ever get up from. It's a pretty big, it's a pretty big drop. And not only that, but uh, it could be worse in the sense that there could be somebody that you fall on and take down with you. Would you like to proceed? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, what is your condition? I have uh, lustered, but Ginger's uh, not up here, so I think that's probably not as... But I feel like spooked probably yep. would apply, unfortunately. Yep. For so me. you're going to roll with disadvantage. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so does that mean I'm only rolling one of my 2d6? So you're rolling three and you're taking the two lowest. The two lower. Got it. Okay. Cool. Well, I got a one. I got a six. Another, and I I got a, a six and two ones. So yeah, a six and two ones. So uh, and then what modifier are you using anyway? Or is it a plus or a minus? Because I'm assuming it was like vitality, right? Yeah, it's a it's a one. So I got Great. three. <laughs> So okay. I guess I'm going to look at my crown option. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. Before you do that, before you do that, so let me just narrate what happens for you. Sure. Because <laughs> this is what's great. Doris Makoviak um, walks uh, very steadily out onto the first few beams to try to get the lights that are right above those spike marks. And she nearly falls a few times, but she's fine. She's caught her footing. She's holding on to the pipes above her. But these two planks that are right next to each other on this one pipe, she can feel them sort of rock from side to side. And down below, she sees a gender just sort of like casually look up. And as if like this, in this one moment, she sees herself just go, and she falls all the way down with a splat, um, smearing her blood across uh, Ginger's face, um, who was running to try to catch her and uh, definitely broke her arm in the process. Or you can put on a crown. <laughs> hmm, it's a tough decision, but uh, I think I'm going to put on a crown. Yep. Um, 
I will do, I think this will work, a flashback showing how you are an imperfect mother. Ooh. Um, so I, being a out, very outdoorsy person, like really encouraged Stella to like climb trees when she was growing up because that was a thing that Doris got a lot out of too, a lot of love of nature. And, and, and Doris was always keep an eye on her, but definitely was the kind of parent who believed in like, we learn from our mistakes and we'll, we'll get back. So I think one time Stella was, was climbing a tree and Doris was reminding her, like, always have three points of contact, like make sure you have like two hands on that honey. And, and Stella was like getting real excited and was like, I'm okay. And she didn't have, she had like a foot and a hand and then she lost her grip and she fell not super far out of the tree, but fell out of the tree. And Doris like caught her enough that she didn't get seriously injured. Um, but that was really scary and made Doris rethink how much danger she was willing to let her daughter get into. So luckily this, this, uh, this flashback comes to you in the moment and you're able to remember two points of contact, two points of contact at all times. And you are now going even slower as you make your way to this, um, uh, to these lights, you, you hear these, um, the distinct rattle as you're getting closer of bolts. Bolt's just sort of idly sitting down on planks, which you know is not good kosher upkeep for a theater, especially for a grid of this nature. You do not leave things um, that can fall on people's heads, but you have found several discarded bolts that would be used for lighting equipment. Hmm. I think I'm going to pocket those and go back off the catwalk to where Elaine is. Um, and if I may, I think Lane, as as uh, as Doris turns around, Lane is like right behind her, like grabbing like a coattail, like terrified <laughs> and like has been following and just like is completely frozen and then sort of looks off uh, uh, stage right and sees the area where, um, you know, that area like that's always like covered in dust where lights are kept um, up near the grid. So you don't have to take them all down. Um and Lane says, shh, and very gingerly, like, reaches over to, like, hop over to the next plank to, like, walk over to that area. Okay. I think that's a night move, Lane. <laughs> that's great. And uh, this is, I mean, you know, we're technically, we're on in the theater. I have stage fright. Uh, I, I am afraid of this theater. I'm going to roll with disadvantage. Here we go. Wait. Wait, wait, hold on. What are you? Oh. What, so you're afraid of of what's specifically happening to you? Oh yeah, I'm afraid of. Uh, I, I mean, I'm afraid of like falling and dying. But like, I think as Lane is like going over, she like looks back at the stage and is just sort of like seeing like the darkness of the wings and like the evil of this theater, the 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 scariness of this space. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, so. Yes. It, not only would you fall, but um, you can feel that some dark presence here would probably engulf you in itself um, if you do not succeed. I already know you rolled because, of course, you did. What'd you get? Uh, yeah, I got two ones and a three. So, uh, <laughs> wow. And if I'm rolling with composure, that makes it a four. So that is a solid failure. <laughs> this grid is definitely haunted. <laughs> Gotta just say that. Uh, fantastic. Um <laughs> I love that you all are, are down to do risky things. It makes me very happy. Yeah. So um, 
you also sort of have this, 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 uh, as you're reaching, you can see yourself like basically topple and flip over onto yourself. But more terrifying than that, especially because you have seen today like these eyeless people coming out of nowhere, it's almost like you, once you're like paralyzed on the ground from falling, um, basically crumpled over a seat, maybe like split in half on, on a seat, you can almost see yourself being swallowed by this darkness by these people with, with missing eyes um, coming at you. Or you can put on a crown. Uh, yes, and Lane is going to put on a crown of the void, a shadow in the garden. Because as she sees these eyeless figures, um, and they're coming from one of the wings, like all the way to her, and it's terrifying. And she flashes back to her final Broadway production, where she infamously left the theater during a performance and never came back. Um, was replaced by her understudy and never worked again. Um, this was probably about 10 years ago. And she, you flash back to her seeing uh, on stage about to deliver a line, seeing, uh, 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 seeing something off in the wing. She sees like a, a mass of eyes, um, a mass of terrifying, like bloody, like disembodied eyes in some sort of like, horrifying maw um and as she she takes one step towards it about faces and speed walks off the stage wow um fantastic so then in this moment as you're recalling that do you then like make it over to the lights um as you sort of resteady yourself uh, yes, I think Lane sort of is looking, you know, the wrong direction. Her head bolts to where she is about to step and she steps one inch farther so she doesn't slip off that plank. <sighs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and as you do that, um, I think that you get, um, a flash of something else, uh, because you're having these sort of like these, these different, th these different reactions, um, or these different uh, visions of, of these, of this darkness. Um, and I think you also have been getting these like weird smells coming to you. Um, you get a different one coming this time in this moment that's sort of scaring you away from what you were doing, uh, which is this, um, fish gutty smell. Um, it's a fish gut smell mingled with lavender and sandalwood, and it sort of pulls you back, um, toward these lights. Yeah, no, Lane Lane sort of investigates, you know, follows with follows her nose as you will. Fantastic. To find out to, yeah, to find out what the source of this smell is. Yeah, as you get over to the lights, it's gone. It's like it was there and then it's gone. You can't you can't understand where the fish got coming from or lavender or sandalwood. None of it makes any sense because none of that would be in this space. All right. Uh, so we have checked in with the catwalk as they are continuing to examine some lights, uh, going on upstairs. Let's go into, uh, the wings now with baby and Eddie Rue, baby and Eddie Rue, you're heading into the wings. You're off on the side, let's say stage left. You know, there's, uh, some, we, I think we decided last time this was a, a remade church, right? Like a hollowed out church for this theater. And so you can see like the, where that has sort of come and gone in, in different places. So like the, the sandbags that are back there aren't necessarily connected to anything. It was just like church people who were like, Hey, we should maybe like put sandbags here for some reason. And like, they don't really have a great pulley system, but they have them there anyway. So it's a very stereotypical backstage, even if those things aren't connected to anything. What do you want to so do? Eddie you... Rue? Oh, sorry. And Betty, so, and baby. Yeah. Yeah. 
would you say the fly system is like by the stations of the cross sort of <laughs> yes I'm except to get a visual. <laughs> yeah it's a yes except it's not connected to anything there is no like fly fly system <laughs> Fantastic. It just That's looks like there should be a fly system because the people who build it were like, there should be a fly system. Uh, and yeah. this is what it looks like to have a backstage, but it's not connected to anything. Sick. Yeah. What do you want to do? I think in this moment, I'm going to grab the prop flowers that Ophelia would be using for her speech. <laughs> and I'm going to uh, just find a book. Just any book, any big book, or actually just take my notebook and I'm just going to take a few and I'm just going to like put it in there and say, Bibi, I had to do something I'm not very proud of today. Would you sleep with? Bibi, I didn't sleep. No, that would have been fine. I had to pretend. (laughs) Listen, I had to pretend to really like Ronald Reagan in order to get some information out of Xavier. All I'm saying is, ooh, these are nice. All I'm saying is maybe after this, I could come over for some soup. I think you need alcohol, but sure, I'll make you soup. Well, can we, we can do both. We can do both. We can do both. Thank you. That's my cozy move. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I want to make a cozy move. <laughs> We're getting rid of this post haste. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fantastic. Yes. Um, as you, as you are, are sort of sharing in this moment, um, and, and going through trying to clear this move and, and clear your, your vomit breath of, of having said that you love, um, Ronald Reagan. I think you do clear that condition. I think that is, that is fine. Um, and while you are sort of standing back there, uh, you get this, uh, you, you get some sort of a flash out of the corner of your eye and it looks like as you get closer to it, that there's like a, a room that doesn't look like they want anybody to to go in it. It's like sort of been like put some stuff in front of it, uh, but it says equipment. Hmm. Okay. Well, that place seems like uh, they wouldn't want anybody in there. It also seems like it'd be important. Wonder why they would hide it. I, I, all I'm saying is, I don't know if you've noticed this about about you and I, but there's quite a height difference. And when I stand, when you stand behind me, people don't know where you are. So I don't mind standing here and just pressing this flower for a little while. I could just say I lost something. Oh no, wherever I, shall I I don't know where, found? I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't hear you at all. You're in another room. My coin purse, it's gone. I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. So you... <laughs> You have to move some soft goods out of the way. Um, but as Eddie Root is standing in front of you so that you cannot be seen because of this huge height disturbance, um, you see that there's a door, you try this door, and it is locked. All right. Well, we all know what's about to happen. I just take a hairpin out of my pocket and hand it over to you. <laughs> that's one That's one item. Other I people? Need two more. Other items that could be here that, that baby can use? If you say another hairpin, I'm going to smack all of you digitally. <laughs> Uh, I think there's someone dropped one of those like little uh, hardware store bags of key rings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think there is there's a a pair of needle nose pliers that someone has kind of just like left to the side. haphazardly. Oh, hell yeah. It's like Skyrim. Come on, big old lockpick. Let's go. This is all oh, right. We need to act for this one. Stop. You violated the law. <laughs> I am the law. All right. Let's go. So, do you, I can't remember. Do you roll anything for that? Um, no, I just do it. Well, let's see. No, I can have Oh, no, it's, it's a roll. Okay. If I say. So, as long as you can. Oh, oh, I broke the formula. Hold on. 
as long as you can give a plausible explanation for how one or more of these three objects. Well, duh. Yeah. Okay. So I still think it's a move. So I think it's still because you're breaking and entering. So let's make it a night move uh, because you all are still scared and you're paranoid. You're paranoid. So like (laughs) extra paranoid uh, while you are uh, breaking into this room. So describe to me uh, what you're afraid might happen if you fail or lose your nerve. Well, I don't think the stakes are as high this time because there is a barrier in front of the door that we had to move shit. I can't assume there's anybody in there. So can't die twice in one mystery, right? <laughs> um, so I think worst case scenario, we just get caught and are in a compromising state. Oh, what if we get trapped in there? What if I get trapped in there? Okay, let's do that. Let's make it make it fun. I get trapped in there. Worst case scenario, because something happens and Eddie has to run away. I think that's fantastic. Uh, no notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. Here we go, friends. Roll with disadvantage. Don't forget. Ah, beans. That's what? Minus one? What's the disadvantage? Uh, You're going to roll three and take the two lowest. Oh, beans. (laughs) I'm stuck. (laughs) 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 I got three total. All right. Well, uh, come get me, I guess. Okay, so what happens um, is is you were successfully able to unlock it, but then as soon as you stepped inside, um, it swung shut behind you. You can hear Eddie banging on the door out uh, behind you, just being like, baby, baby, baby. Um, and you are completely stuck and surrounded in the darkness um, on all sides. Uh, and you can feel sharp things sort of poking into you at all angles because you cannot see, you have no idea what's in front of you, um, but you are stuck here. Or you can put on the crown of the void. Or sorry, or the, like the or any crown. Matilda. It's just a big life-size one. Let's see. Okay, crown moves. I kind of just want to explore the space. Great. Yeah. If you don't yeah. want to put on a crown, you no. can also not put on a crown. Eddie Rue, baby has gotten Let's stuck go. inside. Huh? <laughs> 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 uh, Doris? <laughs> Doris? <laughs> Doris is above me, right? From uh-huh. really far away, you hear. Uh, Eddie Rue, I'm I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little caught up in something at the moment. What's what's up? Okay, well, uh, uh, baby went into a room and I t- uh, locked and I don't know how. It seems, it it seems bad. Uh, okay, what can I do? What can I do? Oh, <laughs> I know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> this reminds me of that time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What was it you wrote out, Ben? It's uh, so good. Yeah, this... so I came up with a title for this Golden Crown mystery, which this... is the yes, no no. Please read it. Please read it's, it. It's it's uh, the no no, an isekai where Amanda Delacourt has to solve a mystery at a no theater in Meiji era Japan to get back home. This... Yes. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. That's the book. The book. Doesn't this remind you of the time? <laughs> what are the specifics beyond this? Um, we need the name, which we have. The problem or situation Amanda found herself in that is similar to what the Mavens are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Baby locked I in think room. she she was she was locked into a room with a whole, whole bunch of uh, uh, ceremonial weaponry. Fantastic. <laughs> so, how did she how did she resolve the situation? And this can be a group effort. It doesn't just have to be on 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 any route. You can all contribute. Yes, I feel like what happened is she, I mean, I'm like, how, what could she have done? I feel like what happened, what happened is, uh, she was able to use one of the daggers 
to like open up the door or something for herself. Yeah. Like yeah. she was able to like get back out of the situation and in so doing discovered discovered like the murder weapon. Like she 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 found the dagger that was used in the in the like murder at the no theater. Uh, and she like, but she, it's in the dark. So she like got herself out and then she opened up the door and it was covered in blood when she got out and she was like, oh, so that that's not exactly what happens here, obviously. But maybe I think it was that one of those, uh, maybe it was one of those locks um, that they had in like, I mean, this was, this was like 50 or a hundred years later than that. But like, you, you know, in like uh, a lot of East Asia where the keyway like turns multiple times. Um, like you have to unlock it in the same direction multiple times to like unlock like multiple things. Oh, yes. And then something else revealed like like she unlocked it and then she turned it another time and it not only unlocked the door, but also opened a compartment nearby. Like a hidden compartment in the room where uh, something was discovered. I love that so much. I think that tells us a lot. So the way that this works then, you've, you've totally used the gold, Golden Crown Mystery moves correctly, but now you can take a 12 plus to a single relevant role or state a fact about the current situation that the keeper must incorporate. So what is what is your choice, Eddie Rue? You're the one outside the door. I'm, I'm debating right now between do we need more, want more clues or do I get baby out of the situation? I feel like that's, I feel like that's the sort of like pick here right it's like a 12 plus on you getting out of the room or we gain a, an important piece of information and you're still stuck in there i mean you could also give meeks a scenario that involves baby going to somewhere there's definitely going to be a clue right that's what like, it is i yeah. think that's what it is that maybe that's it that that um baby finds uh sees a little bit of light peeking out now that her now that her eyes have adjusted to the dark she sees a tiny bit of light and it's actually just a small crawl space that she's able to access through this space that has like little like dim light bulbs all throughout it and it gets uh back gets back to the lobby from here i love that and that's and she's able to like get out through the lobby and also discover potentially like a means for somebody other than Ginger to have been able to mess with these lights. For sure. Um, yeah. So I think just as it's described uh, that there's this crawl space that's that's in there. Um, and as your light, as your eyes have adjusted, baby, and you're moving towards this light on the other side with Eddie Rue being like, continue to crawl, continue to crawl. You realize that what's around you and you're not a theater person necessarily, but you know what looks like shiny and new. And considering how much they've talked about how there's no money, you realize that you're standing in a room full of brand new lighting equipment. And you start to keep walking uh, and you start to keep crawling uh, out out the way to the lobby. And that is your clue there. I'm shook. Eddie. Well, yes. I know you have an eye for everybody here. You're our best scout. What? Do you see anyone that's been on the, Do you see anybody that's been on their knees lately? And not the way you think. Um, I would love. To, yeah. I mean, that's an excellent question. <laughs> Uh, how do I, yeah, <laughs> everyone raises their hand. <laughs> um, yeah, how would I do that? Can I just, is that a meddling, is that a move that I would have to do? Well, baby, you're trying to figure out if somebody has like had to crawl through here. 
Okay. So what I'm going to suggest, if that's what we're going to do, is to say, let's move to theorize. And then that way you can retcon whoever fits to have this one detail onto them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but if you're, if you're not ready to move on to theorize, then we can also hold off until you get some more clues. But I feel like you have a pretty decent amount now to make some theories stick. Yes, we're good. And, and this, this would add one more, right? This, this, this would add one more. Um, yeah. So it, let me know if you're like, nope, we, got, we want more, we want more Then like you can absolutely do that. Well, we just need to add it to the thing. So yeah, it oh, hasn't been yeah. added to the sheet yet. Yeah. Brand new lighting equipment. Is the crawl space part of that too, or is that just a re- it's just circumstance, not a clue? Oh, hidden. Yeah, that they were hidden. Yeah, I think is important. Okay. Yeah. Are we feeling it? Do we want to try to theorize? Part of me does, but part of me wants to. I just keep poking yeah, around. I want to just keep messing with. <laughs> yeah. Scary. I there's, think we're just like we don't. There's many more ways to die, so we can absolutely keep <gasps> oh, going yeah. if you'd like. Someone else can take a turn. That'd be great. <laughs> um, but I feel like. This has all been set up to seem like it's a very one specific way, but I don't know. I still have some beef. I feel like Killigan was an easy turn. Okay, are we theorizing or not? Because otherwise, I'm going to dive in. Well, I'm I'm okay to theorize, but if uh, if anybody wants, I don't know. To, it, I sounds, think, it sounds like, like we want to find like one more clue. Is that the? Yeah, we currently one... have we currently have twelve. We had thirteen last time and just squeaked it out. Right. That was that was a rough time. That's that's true. <laughs> I'll die again. It's fine. All right, let's go. All right. So then tell me, what is it that you want to, uh, to find? Um, what, what, who do you want to talk to? What, what is left to uncover for you? I can go back in. (laughs) (laughs) I can actually see what's going on. Now they know how to get out. To sort of reiterate who we've got around here, just so that you feel like you've talked to the people that you want to talk to. Um, we have Mabel Mooney, who's offered you all roles. Well, not all of you, but Lane specifically a role in the new all-female Hamlet that she can now do. Um, Ginger Hale, who is the lighting tech, um, who you all have talked to quite a bit. Numo, who is our Frosted Tips um, Joshua Jackson stage manager in his 20s, who is having an affair with Wendy Wales and a very big himbo. We have Xavier Dearborn, the community sponsor, um, who has never been cast in a show um, and owns Boutique Antics. Um, Patrice Yellen, who played Gertrude and is a stalwart actor of the town. She proposed an all-female Hamlet when Joan stepped down, but the cast was already set. And we also know that she was uh, denied her script um, admittance into uh, into the season. Wendy Wales was playing Ophelia. It was her first part. Um, and she's a student at the community, Brindlewood Bay Community College. Uh, and she's having a, sec- a not-so-secret relationship with Numo. Uh, Liam Regent was playing Claudius. He was in his 50s and was <laughs> he owns Pet My Putty Tat uh, and tries to be British, but is not British. Jones Galois, these are my notes. Jones Galois is the formal production, former director of the production um, and uh, had a plan with Xavier to take over the, uh, the theater. Um, but he stepped down from this production, but still stayed on as a consultant. And then we have Demeter Dendry, the thirty the thirty year old dramaturg uh, dramaturg that is also uh, an adjunct professor uh, at the community college. And uh, those are the people that we can still talk to if those are of interest to you. Plus, we have Bert Halloran who is squeaky in the lobby. So, anybody piquing your interest of like, I definitely want to talk to them. I feel like the person we haven't talked to Wendy at all. Yeah, I was thinking that too. All right, let's yeah, let's talk to Wendy, and then maybe we're ready. Yeah. Fantastic. I'll, I'll ride with you, Doris. Woo-hoo. Doris. 
Doris has reappeared very pale and <laughs> with a lot on her mind. <laughs> with um, bolts in her, in, her, in, her, in her arthritic hand. Clutching bolts, kind of like staring off into the middle distance. And I was like, whoa, Eddie, Eddie Rue, you said so, um, something was wrong? Sorry, I'm here now. It's fine. Well, we figured it out. Baby was locked in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were able, there's a crawl space and they were able to, and we see I, there's like baby in the, on the, at the other, at the back of the house, like in the lobby, just sort of like waves. And we're like, she got out. <laughs> um, but I was trying to get this door open. Um, that's all. That's, uh, uh, that was all I was, that's all I was doing, you know? I just like to imagine baby having like pushed against like a, a grate of some kind, just going boom and like sliding out me like, oh, hello, dusting herself off as Bert <laughs> is like squeaky, like, ah, where'd you come from? But yes. Just be like, Eddie yeah. ruined Doris. What do you want to do? Uh, Doris says, wow, secret, secret passageway. All right. That's, that's better than what I, I almost, ugh, I don't really want to talk about it. The grid is, they really should put some money into that grid. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. The, where's Where's Wendy? Do you, have you seen her down here? She one of the ones on the stage. She's one of the ones who's sitting, who's in the house, but they are not underneath the grid. So she and Numo are like off to the side, um, kind of like talking very quietly to one another. Oh, there they are. Let's just make sure we're not interrupting anything. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I I just feel like you know when you're the when you're the new kid on the block, people will just kind of like talk about things around you. So she might have overheard some stuff. Absolutely. Let's go. Yeah. I'll hold her hand as we go down the stairs. It's I know it's a little shaky right now. Yes. Doris Doris does that thing where you she puts she takes a step and then she puts her other foot next to that foot on the same step and like very very carefully. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um okay, we go over. Yeah, and you can see that Numo is um, is just sort of like uh, rubbing her her back, and is just sort of like uh, you know trying to get her to take calming breaths because Wendy was like was right on state, like right off, like where it happened, and she's just not handling it very very well. Mm. And she was playing Ophelia, right? Mm-hmm. In her twenties to uh, Killigan's, you know, seventies. Well, I do have these flowers, so I think what I'll do is I'll go up to her and I'll be like. Wendy, hi, nice to meet you. I was hoping to, um, crazy, crazy day. Uh, this is my friend Doris. Hi, Wendy, nice to meet you. So, I was just wondering, um, I'm gonna make you a little thing, just a little, you know, Ophelia thing, uh, with these flowers, and I show that I'm, like, pressing flowers. Just, just so you know, I, it's gotta stay in here for a little while longer. But on opening night, I will have a little gift for you. And I'm just wondering if you had any favorite of the flowers from the from Ophelia's speech that you wanted me to include. They withered all when my father died. That's it. Yes, I remember. Um, yes. Um, and she's like sort of like drying her tears a little bit. And she's just like, oh, thank you. That's very that's very sweet. Um, yes, I, I don't have a favorite, though. I mean, I did like the forget me nots line. I think it's a. I think it's the forget me not line. Yeah, it is, right? I remember it, yeah, my I don't know. We're I remember my Hamlet. I remember my sure. Hamlet somewhat. Um but yeah, yeah she's like, hey, yeah, yeah, forget me not. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Violets. I think it's violets. Violets, uh, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Um that's Chris, not Denny. Anyway, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well she's like, all right, well, we'll get some we'll get some forget forget me nots, I suppose. Um 
Wendy? You know, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Eddie. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I was just going to say, was this reminds me of this. Remi- this reminds me of when my father died. <laughs> Uh, totally different situation I gotta tell you but the funeral specifically how everybody it was all very sad um, um, but I remember my great my, my grandmother at the time because my father died young my grandmother she was saying you know it's important to remember but also to survive and so that's just a thing that I would say you know as scary as it is you're young you're in love it's important to survive <laughs> You know, you have a lot to live for is all I wanted to let you know. So and you can see that at the mention of like father and and different stuff like that, um, both Numo and Wendy sort of tense a little bit. Would you like to meddle? I do. do, But I kind of also, you know, yeah, I do. I don't know. Doris, did you want to also, though? I didn't want to like I don't want to just like, you know. Oh, no, you're good. I just felt like you were having a real moment. I didn't want to didn't want to interrupt that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think I think let's yeah, I think Doris wants to say, yeah, Wendy, today's been a hard day. It seems like just from what we've gleaned, there's been a lot, a lot of fervor around this production. And we just wanted you to know that we're here for you. And if there's anything that you want to get off your chest, like Eddie Rue and and I, we're, we're here for you. Roll to metal, Doris. Meddling. And are you? Do you think that you'd be affected by your condition in this moment, with whatever skill you're going to use? In terms of being spooked, I mean, probably still, still a little spooked. But I also think, like, if Doris is like down in the house, like on level ground, that she might feel secure enough to not be as spooked as before. So I will roll with. I guess composure or like calming presence for Wendy. I got seven plus. Oh, plus one is eight. Fantastic. Um, so what do you say? I think, I think Doris says like, you know, I, I was thinking back to when I was, when I was just starting out in my career and I was one of the youngest people in the room. And that could sometimes be really exciting because people would really, uh, want to get to know me and tell me lots of things, but sometimes it could be really overwhelming. I feel like sometimes people just want to tell how their business to one person. And so I don't know if you've, you you've been feeling that way as part of this production, but I just, I just see a lot of myself in you. So I wanted to just wanted to check in about that. If you've been hearing anything or anything. Yeah. There's just a lot of commotion around this, uh, in this place. And as the youngest in the room often, I will agree with that. This is a thing that happens, you know, all the time to me. So I get it. Uh, and you can see that like that Numo is like sort of like stressed, like, like, like just sort of like kneading her shoulders a little bit. And he's just like, yeah, um, uh, well, so it's really it's really great that you all are sort of like do, and you can see like Wendy I'm just going to start. Sort of, I'm just going to start rubbing Numo's shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Wendy is like welling up and is like crying and tears are sort of streaming down her face. She's like, I'm going to. And she and she and she like she runs off and Numo is standing there with his like hands still like as if floating on on her invisible shoulders and he like yeah. slowly lowers them and he's like, so um uh well uh yeah she's um she's not doing so great uh and you're talking about your dad and 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 all this stuff and being the youngest and I mean she kind of figured out during the course of this production that. Um, Killigan might have been her her dad. Um, 
So, oh my. Um, oh my goodness. Music sting. So, well, um, we have put our foot in it, Doris. We have. I I mean, whew. I I am I am so sorry, Numo. We did we had no idea. That I mean, is how, how would you know? How would you know? You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that. So it's totally it's totally fine. But like, I mean, she's clearly upset. But like, you know, it's fine. It's fu- totally fine. I mean, it's fine. Where did she run to? She ran to the restroom. As, as far as you know. Like she just ran out of the room. But yeah. Well, that's something. You wanted one more clue. <laughs> that's quite a clue. Is that why she did this? <laughs> Is that why she did the play at all? I mean, she's an oceanographer. Uh, I mean, I think that she was really encouraged to do it by by Xavier, right? Because Xavier is like a, he's a, his brother uh, runs the is the dean of the community college, and like he was the one who like was like, hey, come check out uh, Wendy, and then and then so anyway, so like that's how she ended up here. Um, you know, and like, you know, pe- people have been saying like, you know, that the, the Brenda Woodbreak community players are like, you know, a, a good, a good place to be. And she's, she's got something, don't you think? She's got something. She's very compelling. I think so. From, from, from what I saw, I, I would agree with you, Numo. Yes. Uh, his frosted tips just sort of glisten under the house lights. Yeah. I think he's really, really, really compelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if she chooses to stay in oceanography, I mean, she's in the right program, but like, you know, there's other things to do. It's true. Well, thank I, I mean, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, Numo, would you, would you give us a moment? Uh, and he sort of like looks around like the, the whole empty house and he's like, yeah, yeah, um, sure. And he like, he like walks like. <laughs> 10 feet away from you. I feel, <laughs> like you like, should, I feel like you should go check on her, don't you? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a, that's probably a good idea. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what I should do. I should do. Yeah. I should do that. He like bops out and you can hear him also practicing the breathing that he was doing the last time with you, Eddie Rue. <sighs> Trying to get that under control. Imagine an alternate version of this where Elaine just like sticks her fingers in his ears and is like, don't worry, you can just stay here. <laughs> Dungeons and Drama Nerds is produced by Todd Brian Backus, Percival Hornack, and Nicholas Orvis, and is mixed and edited by Anthony Sertel-Dean. Our Brindlewood Bay campaign features Christopher Dierksen as Eddie Rue Dubois, Ben Ferber as Lane Walter, Corey Flores as Baby Garcia, Shannon Wade as Doris Makoviak, and our keeper C. Meeker. If you'd like to help us continue exploring the intersection of theater and tabletop role-playing games, consider leaving us a review on your podcast app of choice or supporting us and getting access to our patron-only bonus content at patreon.com slash dungeonsanddramanerds. You can find our social media and website links, including our cast bios, at the link tree in our show notes. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Dungeons and Drama Nerds. Dungeons and Drama Nerds.